Hey friends, exciting news. We are here on the podcast. We've been out for a couple of weeks, but today we are going to be talking about being married. For 20 years. For 20 years. We celebrated a couple of weeks ago. We celebrated our 20th anniversary and you know, marriage isn't always cake. So today we're going to talk about what makes it work for us or how we make it work or what have you. Hopefully we'll share some good tips and probably be any entertaining at the very least. So anyway, yeah, we can't wait to share. Hey friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Okay, so 20 years of marriage. Lacey, what's your top tip? For those of you who do not know us, we are much younger than we probably sound. <laughs> We're both in our 40s, early 40s. So we got married really, really young, right out of... Well, not even out of college, before we were graduated with college. So I was 20 and Drew was 22. And that was the year 20, 2002. 2002. 2002. I, I don't say 2000 anymore. So yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. It's hard for me to really even think about what life would be like if I wasn't married. Um, so that that's your first tip. That's my first tip. Get, get married before you get set in your ways. <laughs> I don't think it hurt anything. I mean, I think that I've heard of a lot of marriages of young people getting married too soon and too early. And, you know, I think that when people with the right intentions get married and, you know, everybody is equally intended to like committed to the same ideals, then it works. But you can't just get married because you like each other. In but fact, that is a good reason there. to like each other. Yeah. You think? Yeah. I don't know. No. Because if you're like fundamentally believing that you're supposed to like your spouse, then on the days you don't like your spouse, it's just over with. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's always days where you don't like the person you're with all the time. Oh, I disagree. Oh, well, for minutes at a time, maybe (laughs) not like whole days. But but yeah, I mean, I think sometimes like the whole like love thing is not going to sustain a marriage. So I don't know. What does then? Communication. Mm. I feel like that's like everybody says that, but I think there's got to be like a level of communication of like a communication within yourself. Maybe Mm. like you've got to really and I feel like we've gotten better with this, like even in the past, like few years, Mm -hmm. like you have to know more about yourself, like why you're feeling some kind of way, like why are you upset or why are you angry Mm. and why are you reacting that way? I think that for me, probably one of the biggest things is realizing that when you're upset, it probably isn't as much to do with me as it is with what you have going on. And that's okay. And so like not taking offense to every time you might be yelling or, you know, you might be just grumpy or whatever. It probably has, I mean, the same goes for me too. Generally, when I'm feeling those things, there's something that's making me feel that way that doesn't have as much to do with the spouse as it does to with other circumstances. Now, don't get me wrong. Spouses can be dumb and do stupid stuff, but very rarely, but how we react to them or how it (laughs) triggers us usually has, has more to do with deeper things. So yeah, I think that's important for sure. Communication with yourself, communication, just that understanding that your spouse is not out to get you. I think I've, 
I've come across a lot of people who talk about their spouse as if their spouse is just like straight up out to get them. And I mean, I, I think that's pretty rare. I don't think that it yeah. takes a lot to get somebody to the headspace where they want to do damage to the person that they married. I think, I think. Yeah. I would say. Unless like, you just married a really terrible person. Yeah. And there is that. I would say, yeah. Like if you remember that your spouse ultimately loves you, Mm. then like if you frame it that way like whatever's going on that really changes things also i think we tend to treat people how we feel like we deserve to be treated and that's something that i've been really kind of incorporating and trying to swallow recently but you know when people spouse family friends treat you in such a way i think a lot of how we should interpret that is, you know, it might be hurtful and surely it's not right to just stand there and take it, but to also evaluate, you know, why do they think that's okay for them to treat you that way? And it usually goes back to them feeling like that's an okay way to be treated. Mm. And so, you know, it's really important that we understand and kind of have some, some sympathy for an empathy for the person that you're in a relationship with. Yeah. You can't just, you can't just say, oh, well they did this bad thing and it hurt my feelings. You know, a lot of times I think we have to dig a little deeper and, and we've done that. I mean, I think we've done both. We've had the shallow fights about who should be putting their toothbrush where, but at the same (laughs) Uh time, why does that bother someone? Or the, or the fights where we we were both using the same toothbrush and didn't know it. Mm. That's a fun one. That one's still a little. (laughs) That one still stings. Still a little. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think like how many, what are the things that we fight about too? We could talk about that because I think for most couples, it's pretty similar. Could be parenting, could be responsibilities, like daily things that just have to happen. And it just feels exhausting. And we're fighting about who has to do it or who's not helping or pulling their weight. I feel like with responsibilities, we've, I think that's another one that has really helped is like for the most part, when we're really on our game, Hmm. our responsibilities are pretty well like delegated and one of us steps in if mm-hmm. you know like i'm thinking even things are changing though like i was gonna say tonight like it used to be like i just kind of assumed that i was gonna drive the kids where they needed to go <laughs> and then i felt like making dinner because i wanted to make noodles with the noodle maker <laughs> so i just made dinner but now we have like this new aspect of like naomi's driving so mm. we don't have to do the driving so there is a little bit of Our like 17 year old yeah yeah yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's true, too, is like every phase of your marriage, every, every, you know, again, why that communication is really important, because for a long time, I was a stay at home mom. And that's what I did. I stayed home. I watched the kids. I took care of the laundry. I folded the laundry. I'd fold the laundry to the point of even putting it back in his drawers. This is back to like when I had, you know, maybe two children and no job. And then, you know, things evolved and I started a career and I've been successful. And so I barely ever fold the laundry anymore. Our children fold all their laundry and we fold our own. We fold our own. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, I think that when you're looking at ways and things that you can do to balance out your marriage when it comes to just the the workload. You really have to talk to each other too, because a lot of times I think there can be miscommunication about what the other partner even wants. You know, like I think sometimes, especially in the early days of our marriage, I would overextend myself and then feel drained and lost and kind of floundering. And then, you know, she'd be like, well, I don't care if you do that or, you know, this isn't important to me or whatever. So, so yeah, I think that's important. Also understanding people's personality types, I think can really lead to some, some helpful understanding. And there's several different ones that I think over the years we've gained value from. One is the five love languages, understanding what gets your partner 
it will makes them happy and feel, feel loved. loved. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Knowing that is kind of like having the key to like, okay, I need to fix this. How do I fix it? Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's been really helpful. And Drew, and I don't know if there's ever a marriage where the two people are the same. <laughs> that would be interesting. To that see. would be very interesting. But mine is definitely acts of service is what my love language is. So if Drew just does something and he knows it too, I don't know if he picked it up before we knew that or not, but he's always like, if I write a list, he will not rest until the list is done, which is almost uh, can be problematic <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. And then for him, it's affection. So, and touch, which is definitely not my. Yeah. I love, I love a good hug. In fact, I was just reading the other day, you need 12 hugs a day to maintain, which like our kids pointed out, there's six, six of us. So if they all like, you know, everybody hugs each other. Yeah. Everybody hugs each other twice. We're we're good. (laughs) And so for me, it's not an inclination to just hug someone. I mean, there are moments of affection, obviously. And with the kids, it can be different, but I think also having kids kind of sucks it out of me, like all that I have to offer. So I have to make a concerted effort sometimes to just, you know, be more whimsically affectionate, I think is the right word. Yeah. And it it is like for me, when a random hug just comes in, that (laughs) that makes me feel very loved. (laughs) I was going to say the other one we really doubled down on in like early 2020 when the whole world locked down is we started date nights (laughs) and um, weekly date nights. Which I think was really powerful. It was like that time where a lot of people were like, I'm stuck at home with my spouse all day, every day, and I don't want to see him anymore. And I know. Well, that was, it's like, I was just thinking, we've, we have kind of been working side by side for a really long time. So, you know, it's been like five, six years that Drew's been home and we've been working, you know, and I think it's all, it still is a struggle sometimes to to eke out that the uh, rhythm that I crave when there's this other adult person who can make decisions about what we're supposed to do at any given moment. That makes it tricky because when you're a mom at home, you're in charge. You say what's happening and when, Yeah. and then you have a spouse kind of kicking around. And, and I think we've ironed that out a lot. I mean, I think again, it takes communication. And for me, I'm not always the best. Like I like just having that time and being in charge. And I think that for a while I was just like assuming I was like, why does he not realize that he's just distracting everybody from doing what I want them to be doing? And I'm really not that rigid either. So I think it's a little bit tricky for me because I'm but not so rigid. When you draw a line, it's like a solid line. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like with the homeschool format, I'm not like, oh, we have to do all this curriculum. That's not how I feel yeah. about it. So. Yeah. It was hard for me to even verbalize or or really say, like, I really feel like we need the structure to the morning and you kind of in the kitchen or doing your own thing is really a distraction and, and frustrating because he'll wake up in the morning and be like, what are we going to do today? And I'm like, what do you mean? What are we going to? We can't every day just wake up and say, what are we going to do today? There needs to be some rhythm yeah. and not really even for me because I could just live like that and we enjoy our time alone doing that. But the kids do not thrive in that situation. No. Yeah. So I think just being able to kind of take a step back and realize, you know, well, there are weeks we go without any structure whatsoever, but then there is a, there is a time where we really need to say, okay, everybody meet at nine here and we're going to do this for an hour or two. And then, you know, everybody has their own things they work on individually and that works much better, much better. Yeah. And I think the the other thing I was thinking about <clears throat> is like knowing your energy cycle. I think is, you know, like I know you kind of learned about like women and Mm -hmm. like it kind of revolves around like their menstrual cycle and things. Mm -hmm. But like for men, there is like a something similar that happens more on a daily basis. Like 
I know my like best time of day is first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like by lunch, my energy is starting to go down. Mm-hmm. But at like six thirty a.m., wide awake ready and, to do it. and ready to mm-hmm. yeah, ready to make things happen. And if I sit down at a computer, like that's like my magic hour. Mm-hmm. It it's tough because that is different. And for, for me, yeah. I'm like, let's drink a cup of coffee. Yeah, right. Let's sit down sit and around. read some poetry. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about my mornings. Right. But I'm, I feel like we make it work pretty much. Yeah, I do too. Um, the other thing that has really helped us a lot is having that structure, you know, getting on the same page in terms of like even just weekly meetings, which we're, we've kind of gotten a little slack about here recently. And I've noticed it take a toll on our family, but just getting together and having kind of a family meeting overview of what's happening for the rest of the week is really powerful. And I think when our kids are happy, you know, it's easy for us to sort of nurture ourselves and our relationship. But when the kids feel chaotic, then it just, the whole house, you know, starts to kind of implode. So those weekly meetings are really more for them, although it really does help Drew and I define, okay, this is what I'm doing this week. And so, you know, what will often happen when you're working together with your spouse full time, which is different than normal marriages, I suppose. For sure. But that you don't, you have a thing in your mind that you want to accomplish. And if you're going your separate ways, you do that. There's no like questions asked, right? Like one person goes one way, one person goes another, one person stops at a store, another person, you know, like they just, you make your own decisions. But when the person is with you all the time, you don't, there's, you can't just leave and not say where you're going or, you know, kind of explain yourself, which for me, it's a little exhausting. I don't like to explain myself, actually. (laughs) I like to say it and then move on. (laughs) And it's been really important that we, you know, say, okay, look, this is what my mornings are going to look like. This is the appointments I have, you know, and all of those things are, it's really important that each person knows what's going on in the week of the the other person, where they sync up and where they're going to, you know, get your own things done. And when we don't do that, we're not nearly as productive because I think we find each other sitting around waiting to find out what the other person's thinking. What's what, what we want to do next, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's like the element of the calendar. So th- this is one I would say that Lacey and I probably still struggle with. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I love digital stuff and I have a calendar, Google mm. calendar, and we keep our family events on there. And every once in a while, Lacey puts her events on there. <laughs> and so we'll go to schedule something and then we'll like double book. But mm-hmm. I have found like recently, I just asked Lacey like, hey, what do you have going on? Mm-hmm. Even though <laughs> it would be very nice if she just put it on the calendar. It's, so. it's here's the problem. Like it, it may be that I do even sometimes put it on the calendar, but if it's not in a like place or if I didn't write it down with physically with the pencil on like a random somewhere where paper. I visually can like do the process of like writing and seeing it. I don't know if it's visual learning or what it is exactly, but something about it being in real life tangible, it is a, it makes a difference for me. And if it's just in a Google calendar, honestly, it's like, it doesn't even really exist. Yeah. In my head. And we have gone through phases where we were really good about having like a family calendar on the wall. I think COVID definitely slashed that. COVID killed that. Yeah. COVID I mean, we went from really like hard to go back. We went from like having like multiple events on the calendar every single day to like nothing on the calendar. We were like, well, there's no sense in even yeah. keeping a calendar because no. there's 
nothing well, happening. Well, a lot of it was about coordinating the children's schedules. Yeah. And, and the truth is the kids, you know, they kind of now know their own schedules. And so they're kind of keeping us on track. Naomi can drive. So that doesn't really strap us to being at their all their events, too. Yeah. And yeah, so just yeah. it's changed. The d- dynamic has changed. But I will say, like, a family calendar really can make a big difference, whether you have a bunch of kids or not. You know, just being able to know what is going on with your spouse. Another thing people have asked this question before, like, what, how do you sustain, you know, a happy marriage? And I will say coffee morning and time together in the yeah. morning can be a really... I think um, I think it's like date valuable, like date night, like get away mm-hmm. from your kids. Like your kid, it's not that your kids are horrible, but mm-hmm. like you need to know each other also. Mm-hmm. And generally, like for us, we're both around the kids twenty four seven. But yeah. sometimes there's just one parent that's around the kids twenty four seven, and they're worn out and tired. Like you'll meet those parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I feel worn out and tired being around the kids, and I've got Lacey to back me up. Well, and there's just something different about you know. I love my even my older. Child 17 is great to talk to, but I can't have like serious adult conversations with her that are like, you know, we can to some extent, but it's just not the same as a peer. Right. And so, you know, Drew is the main peer in my life and I want to be able to like hash some thoughts out with him and having the kids around all the time or just having the kids. If you're a, a parent that, you know, has kids mostly through the day, it can be really draining. And um, and, and I've seen a lot of women kind of collapse under that. I say women because women are generally the ones who stay home. Now, if it's a man, I don't know how they cope with that. No, dads suffer collapse too. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like a machoism or like, you know, element too, though, of like dads being afraid to admit that they're struggling with that or yeah. collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that you don't realize how talking to children is different than if somebody goes to a job and talks to adults. It's just different. And yeah. you, know, you might love your kids, but <laughs> it's still different and hard. I know. Well, it was like tonight we were making noodles and really wanted to just make noodles with Lacey. But Abraham also really wanted to make noodles. Six-year-old. Six-year-old. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so exhausting. This was supposed to be kind of like a romantic, fun thing. And instead it's like, no, don't touch that. No, don't touch that. No, don't touch that. Stop touching that. And you touch that again. You have to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cooking with kids is my least favorite activity, just <laughs> FYI, in case you didn't know. I love my children. I think I had these grand ideas of cooking with them as like a as a fun thing, but I really don't like it. And there's a whole gaggle of women I know that agree with me. <laughs> so it makes me feel a lot better. But but yeah, cooking with your kids. It's like there's like this really romantic notion about it, but ultimately I just kind of Point them towards a recipe book and say, yeah, go, go play, see what you can figure out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to marriage. I think another thing is like having a common goal in marriage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're entrepreneur minded and that is like our common goal and our common mission. But I don't know that it even has to be like that oh, no. big, but just something that you're working on together towards. Jointly passionate yeah. about potentially. I mean, it could be riding bikes. It could be, you know, drinking coffee. It could be, you know, like just finding yeah. those hobbies that you have in common, I think is really important. But then also ones that are separate, because I think honestly for Drew and I, the biggest struggle is finding things that are unique to ourselves because we bring yeah. it to the table and then it's everybody's project. Right. And right. and I think that there's actually some room for improvement there. We don't have to do everything together, you know, yeah. and bringing some something you know it's even like when one of us reads a book and then we have just so many things to share about what we're reading in that book you know how interesting it is to us and I think that that is really important and I see that struggle a lot like I mean we've talked a lot about stay-at-home parents but 
stay-at-home parents often don't make time for themselves to do those things because Mm. they're either running their kids around all the time or they, you know, when their spouse gets off work, the last thing they want to do is leave and go do something by themselves. You know, they want to, you know, so it's really important, I think. And that was actually, I think when, when doTERRA came into my life, it really fit that bill pretty well. It gave me this thing, this unique thing that I could do and, and pursue and have an interest in that was sort of separate. So that's just one example. There are others and they, and you know, it's just a kind of a progression as life goes on of like, what, what new thing are you going to pursue? Right. And um, continue to make life interesting. But if you fall into these habits of like, this is what we do every day, then it can, it can get really exhausting. And I think that's when you do that with children, you know, like run through the motions, you see people look up when their kids are grown and be like, wait, why, what is it we liked about each other? You know, what do we right. have yeah. to share or, or be interesting with? But anyway, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. I mean, I feel like marriage is such a, I can't imagine not being married, but I know it's also, a, it's probably the, the longest well done thing I've done in my life. I don't know. Pretty yeah. remotely well done, at least. He right. sticks around. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> still here. Yeah, I think, I mean, it really, it all just breaks down to like, Having your, it's like your best friend and knowing that they have your back, that their intentions are generally like in your best interest and then finding time for each other. Like, you know, if you're summing it up, like making sure that you are. And not just being in proximity with one another. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And I would say like, that's with coffee time. Like we don't have our phones then we just sit there and we talk with each other out in the garden and Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning and make our plans for the day Mm -hmm. and that that helps a lot simple doesn't cost a lot yeah date nights getting more more expensive all the time date nights yeah although that said we do have the idea of starting to do a date night here on the farm and opening it up to people who need to have date nights in their life and yeah Maybe cooking some wood fire pizzas and throwing some axes. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Eating some chocolate. We'll see. But drinking some wine. But yeah, I mean, I think just nurturing those family relationships is so key and important to like living a satisfied life. I can't do any of this. I mean, we talk about that a lot. You know, how do you, how are you really self sufficient? And you know, you aren't ultimately self sufficient. You're family unit sufficient and community sufficient. And all of those things are really important and valuable elements to living a, a deeply connected and self-sufficient life so yeah marriage it's a big one it's not there's no like top secret thing it's being committed to it and working hard at it is what gets you to 20 years not not just like being committed i did hear somebody say it was like a meme or something like longer than a meme i guess but they were saying that that they with their wife when they first got married it was a man talking about how they would never say the word divorce. Like it was never on the yeah. table. There was never like a, well, if you did this, I'd divorce you. Or, you know, even joking with friends, like, well, he knows if I did that, this would be over. You know, like right. that's not, and that's never been something that we've joked about. Right. Either. It's, it's just not, not an option. It's not really funny. I guess yeah. is how I feel about it. And yeah. also like, yeah, no, that's not how this is be like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not a, it's not a on the table kind of thing. So there's no sense even making it a part of the vernacular. And I think that once you start joking about it, it just, it kind of sneaks itself into being like more and more a potential outcome, I suppose. But anyway, that's it. Marriages, I've seen a lot of them recently falling apart and it can be really hairy. And we thought when we were on our really <laughs> random 20th anniversary getaway. Hey, we should talk to people about what it is that's making our 
marriage, get us. Just keep plugging get along. Him. Get us to 20 years. Get us to 20 years, yeah. But, yeah, so let us know what works for your marriage. Send us an email, info at schoolhouselife.com or tag us on social media. We'd love to hear.